I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paul Hawksby And Andy Jacobs And welcome once again to the H&J Daily Some of the best bits of this afternoon's show And we were joined by the one and only Danny Baker He was on very good form form. today Yeah, yeah. very very enjoyable Our old, uh, our worthy constituent, friend and fellow broadcast partner Danny Kelly came up in conversation He did Um, Um, What else? You say the best bits, I was on terrible Yeah, Andy, Andy was slightly off Today he was slightly off. Just he had just had a couple of senior moments, but it might have been that. It just might I don't know brain fade. I don't know what happened to him, but it was during our chat with our Dutch correspondent. So we will he bring. It was very amusing. Yeah, we will bring you that. Uh, it was shades of the Bob Monkhouse clip at one point, um, and and not quite as bad as that. Yeah, and what of, else? A bit of our stuff. Yeah, we had a bit of a stuff. chat. And yeah. also we met two. Guys have written a sh- based a show around drinking. Yeah, so it's right up your street, talk sport listener. Uh, they're football fans as well. Here it all is. We've all gone off the VAR now, even people who believed in it. Yeah, I it's, think uh, it's, well, it's a mess. It's very weird being in, in a in a stadium where, uh, you know, often with VAR, there's been an incident, you think, why well, are they going to refer that? Or you get a sense mm. that it might be referred. So, for example, the Tottenham goal, um, even from where I was sitting, there was some doubt about whether the ball had gone out. Uh, but uh, mm. Sonny kept it in. So I thought they wouldn't review that, and they did. But they did it quite a long time afterwards. They did it when they were basically back in the centre circle. It seemed to take them a long time to do yeah, that. Yeah, the communication's poor. But when there's a situation where no one has appealed and there's no obvious uh, decision to be made, and it is made and it's a penalty against you, it's pretty surreal and it's pretty... I don't know. It's kind of unappetising for the game, I think. it's. Uh, I don't quite well, know we're going to get a hold of this. We'll, we obviously, we've got Danny Baker coming in and we're going to talk about his tour, but he absolutely hates VAR yeah. and he'll give it a serve. I'm but, but absolutely I, sure. I was a fan. For lots of reasons. Even I, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, but it, things just keep chipping away at it all the time. And you think I, this. I'll it, make one of my predictions here that this season will be a wonderful season. We all know that. And then I think next season is going to be quite poor. I it's going to be dominated. It's going to be dominated by, by VAR. I think it's going be a lot of controversy about it and I don't think it's going to be for the better and I still think what happened in America will happen here often does they had so, to yeah, tell us they had, well so the NFL they it brought it in and then they had to take it back and they had to look at it because it caused more problems than it was worth they had to take it away adjust to all the problems and then when they brought it back 
yeah. then it was fine. And that's, I think, the here. Well, I mean, you've got a different version in Europe. You've got Mike Riley wanting his version. We're going to speak to Martin Lipton about that. It's the potential for disaster is enormous, really. Yeah, essentially, if you're a player, you're going to be refereed in a different way uh, in Europe and as an international as you will be in the Premier League because there's going to be a, mm. effectively a slightly different set of rules. And players were reacting last night to it, I think, uh, on, the, on the Spurs front, possibly on the City front as well saying that we're going to have to play differently, we're going to have to tackle differently. Mm. You know, We'll have to think about, before we go in for a challenge, how will that look in slow motion? I mean, if you look at, for example, the, the Salah challenge last night, in real time, I think a lot of referees have looked at it and felt uh, a yellow would have been the right call, say. It was reckless, but uh, didn't necessarily endanger an opponent. But if you slow it down, and you, or you look at the still, the still looks horrendous. It's mm. a red all day. So... <laughs> What do you do? It's If you're going to slow everything down and look at everything from three or four different angles. I mean, what looks like a, a player to me... Look, I've, I've not watched it forensically. You watched it back and you think it is a penalty, the Danny I, Rose. I personally do because of the rules, but also because I think the ball was going in and his, his hand was in a certain position. But then all the pros, all the people who know a lot more about it than I do, I think, think that if, it's not possible to go in for a ball like that without having your arms in that position. So well, it, go it, to YouTube, Andy. Go to YouTube and look at lots of vi film of people falling on the ice and when mm. people fall down generally when they're going down and they're falling down mm. they tend not to be in the river dance pose <laughs> their arms are not by the, their arms come up so he's on the way down he's not in a wall he's not jumping in a wall he's not sticking out an arm he's falling over and his quite, arm, a good, quite a good save though I thought but I mean the second penalty appeal on Danny Rose was fantastic he'd have had to have both arms removed and why was it a yellow card why oh, was, why a, was yellow it a yellow card, card I don't know you know but however bad VAR was and it was I thought Pep's tactics were worse yeah. I, I don't understand how a coach of his quality cannot realise he must realise this because he's brilliant but the, the away goal is vital in the Premier mm. in, in the Champions League and once Spurs scored blimey it was imperative for City to get a goal and to leave it to the 88th minute to bring on Sane and De Bruyne I thought that was bonkers he, seemed, he did seem incredibly relaxed after the game saying well, look, he's win 2-0 yeah. but you get a goal they've got to score 3 of course but I think he's. I think maybe there's that feeling he's, he's clearly backing his sides to play the way they did last night and he's prepared to go in at half-time at 1-0, as a lot of teams would be, knowing mm. he's going back to his place and he thinks they can get the job done. So you, you yeah, can't maybe. really judge him until the end of uh, next Wednesday, can you? 90 minutes next no, Wednesday. No, of course not. But, you know, he hasn't won an away game in uh, the Champions League since 2011 mm. in terms of last eight in the quarterfinals. I mean, generally uh, sorry, at the start the of the game, finals. in the first few seconds, uh, they, they really slowed the pace of the game up. And, uh, so why go away from what you're doing? Maris, blimey, I, I can't see that myself. He, even he looks like he doesn't think he's good enough for City. Yeah. I, I just don't see that at all. They, they don't look the same when he plays and... Yeah, you know, I did they say are a bit flat. They weren't great against Brighton. They weren't great against Cardiff. They could be coming into one of those little periods that they had before Christmas where they don't play so well. And they, they've got no room. They could slip up against you. They could slip up against Palace. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, they, they, they need to watch it, really. I did say last week that I felt the, the atmosphere maybe wasn't quite as good as I'd expected, especially from the wall, but they, they, they night, came up it? trumps. Oh, so it was actually great. not the whole stadium. I think you, what you'd said was right, you know, the bit of trepidation, first game... Palace, it wasn't quite, uh, but a big Champions League night got everybody going oh, no, and everybody no, up for it. And it was, it was good and noisy and then a great atmosphere. Carl Walker didn't get the bird as much as I thought he would, which was quite nice. I yeah, thought he got, it was a couple of half highs. It was a little section. I mean, look, as I've said to you before, he was great for us. He was like 10 years at the club and he was brilliant for mm. us. Um, the way he went in the end was a bit unsavoury. He could have waited to the end of the season to tell the manager and he let himself down a bit there, but ultimately. 
gave us 10 years, so I'm never going to give him a long no, time. No, that's, really. that's what I feel about Hazard. You feel that about players who give you a long time, then fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Edison, though, I, <laughs> he is fascinating to watch. The volley. Did you see the volley where he uh, it was an overhit back pass? And I think it... Yeah. He is incredibly led, I think relaxed. It was the incident that led to Kane's injury, but it, he volleyed it straight back. I mean, yeah. it was incredible, and his passing is absolutely brilliant. It is. He'll but stand on his think... own goal line, being closed down by two players, and he'll just find a gap between them and just play it out to know, the centre half. Cool, I did feel, and, and David Seaman thought, I was listening to breakfast this morning, he th- thought he was a slightly at fault, but I thought that he slightly, you know, he had a bruised hip. It was almost like he hit was just hesitated slightly, just yeah. a split second on Son's shot and it was after that, it to go well, After that it. challenge when he went over. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was hurt. But, but the other guy, the guy this bloke is definitely the idiot of the century this bloke. The guy that ran on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, the first person to be banned after just two games in the new stadium. You've waited two years for this stadium to be built. You've seen two games and now you're never going to be able to go again. He came out, Brilliant, the, po- he came out the posh seats as well. I mean, I mean that, he came out about, the lower West Stand. He's probably bonkers. He's probably spent about two and a half grand for that pleasure a season. <laughs> Absolutely um, mad. And he went after Delph. I'm, I'm not blaming Delph for that. It was, a, it was a, They both went in for the challenge and Harry Kane came off worse, I think. Oh, it was that's just, what it was about. Yeah, oh. I think he seemed to. He seemed to go off. I thought Delph. the pitch had something to do with Harry Kane. I thought his yeah. foot slipped. And people were slipping. Trippier slipped and nearly got injured. Certainly got a knock. And I think. Look, I don't completely buy into this fact that they're, they're better without him because you, you look at. I mean, if you look at the equaliser against Liverpool, he's great when he comes deep and what he sets mm. up and those crossfield balls. No, he's they're a wonderful miss player, that. but they do. There's an element of stepping it up when yeah. he's not there. There's almost like every single other player feels they've got to put a bit more in. And Son is. You know, incredible. The look, the record speaks for itself. When he's not there and Son plays, Spurs win. Yeah, and we had a couple of chances uh, late on. I mean, I know yeah. City had chances. They deserve, the game. deserve to win. There's no question. You were the better team on the night. And still, absolutely. It, it, look, City are obviously still very confident. If you were listening to the sports bar last night, I think that that was the takeaway from it. They still think they're going to win, and they may well be right, but we'll we'll find out next I week. I just want to we were talking, we we're going to speak tomorrow about uh, Sunderland's and <coughs> rights, but it did, mm. did tickle me, actually. Um, they're in talks to, to sell the rights, but the former... Chairman Bob Murray, who oversaw the move from Roker Park, he's not happy about it, but this is what he said. He said, mm. in an age when so many stadium names are not distinctive, where naming rights have been sold solely for commercial reasons, the name Stadium of Light remains unique. Hello? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello? Come in. Come in, Benfica. <laughs> um, I've told you this before, though. Uh, uh, Brilliant. Neil Simpson, fine sports photographer, telling me once, he sent me some pictures on 90 Minutes from a game uh, at the Stadium of Light. And, Which one? Uh, well, the one, <laughs> yeah, Benfica, it was a Champions <laughs> yeah. League game. And I said, uh, Willie, I said, they're, they're not great, some of these, are they? You know, by your high standards. He said, I'm sorry, mate, he said, the light's not very good in there. <laughs> it isn't. Not Apparently good. it's not. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> It's been Eddie Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Danny Baker is uh, back on the road, uh, touring once again. Good time, Charlie's <laughs> back, and he's with us in the studio. Good afternoon, Danny. It's, Good I still cannot quite get used to the uh, phrase "back on the road." I'm yeah. 62, <laughs> like, 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 like I'm the Grateful Dead. Uh, uh, I by accident, and as many as everything in my career, as anyone who's read the books knows this, literally trying to retire a couple of years ago. I'm say 60. Life should have a third act. Uh, and I just, uh, the latest book was out, and I said, I'll tell you what, after 42 years in this racket, whatever mm. we want to label it as, I 
think I could do an evening with, you know, vainglorious and all that. I wanted to do two things. Go in the jungle. I've always wanted to do that. And I knew the <laughs> producers. That was done. That was wonderful. Uh, and uh, I said, I'll do that. Well, it's sold out. And as someone who stood in the wings for every comedian I've written for virtually everyone, never, never wanted to do it in my life. Mm. I, I think... I'm pretty entertaining company one-on-one in the pub. But at any rate, so I did this thing, sold out. Audience loved it. I said, wow. And they came back and they said, would you like to do more of them? And I thought, well, say, 42 years in showbiz, if, uh, having worked at the enemy with everyone from the Sex Pistols and, and equally as Tommy Cooper, Bruce Forsyth, Kenneth Williams and all of them. Mm. Uh, well, those one date became two, four, five. In the end, we did 62 dates. Wow. Uh, the show ended up three and a half hours long. And... <laughs> Uh, but nobody ever walked out, and uh, by the end of it, I hadn't left school. Oh. I had not left school. <laughs> so this tour started last year. We did 61 of these, <laughs> but some of the bigger cities, because of the way booking mm-hmm. is, it's like trying to visit relatives at Christmas. We think it's some of the uh, bigger cities, so this will be mopping up that. And then I had planned on walking away, tiptoeing away. Right. I think the public would insist upon that. <laughs> uh, but it, that's not working out quite like it should either, because of a little podcast that started about four months ago. Yeah, yeah. it's going, well, it's going it? very well, isn't it, it? It, it, it? If I might, and I know I'm annoyingly bumptious, uh, I, again, this, this retiring thing is absolutely serious. And I, uh, the, the, the tours came along fine. Now they seem to be governing things, but that's hopefully manageable. So I went away to Portugal last year, and I, my wife saying... We are going to do this, you know, we are in our 60s now, let's... OK, had a fair suck of the sauce bottle. I don't have a phone, not because I have a great philosophy, I just don't, but I'm on Twitter a lot, mm-hmm. as you probably may have seen. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, and uh, uh, with forthright views on the Premier League and, I, um, and elsewhere. So yeah. I went to Portugal and I came home and turned on the computer and there on Twitter you have the direct messages things, you know, where friends can get straight in touch with that, anyone seeing. I usually have two or three a week uh, and there was 23. Ooh. What have I missed? Mm. Uh, now, eight of them were from a fellow called Will who produced TFI Friday, a show I wrote you know, with Chris Evans yeah, back Will. in the 90s, saying, yeah, look, I'm doing this new game show thing. You know, you I said, Will, I've been around that rodeo. And he said, come on, come on, you, you, you'll have it. It's great. It's going to be a bar in the set. And my wife said, who are you, Laurence Olivier? Go and do it for Will. <laughs> Two weeks. That's on that. The other 15 messages ended in one message that said, I'll take that as a no then. Gary, oh, Lin- okay. Gary Lineker. Now, I know Gary a bit. I thought, what's this spun back? Very one-sided fr- conversation, that it, was, yeah. it, it, it Because I'd been away, I hadn't yeah, seen yeah, yeah. it. And I saw two weeks ago, as I left the house, he got in touch and said, look, I've been asked to do a podcast. I don't know anything about them. Uh, I know you broadcast. I'd like you to be my strike partner. That's what he said. So uh, I got back in touch with Gary. He said, Gary, I've been away. Went out to his house. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, in, I mean, I don't know, didn't know Gary that well at the time, four or five months ago. He's such a great chef, but he makes no... It's not like a, a part-time, really good. I went over there Monday, just digress. I went over there on Monday uh, to his house because there's me and him and about four teenagers who know how to work the internet. And uh, <laughs> so we do this podcast. He had cooked uh, um, uh, a mushroom risotto kind of... Anyway, it was very rustic. And it's always good. And he put the bowl in front of me and they're in it. Well, blackberries, gentlemen. Blackberries. Oh, wow. Blackberries. And, and I said they blackberries. Well, I thought, you know, the forest floor and all that. And it, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Wow. So he's of a standard. Anyway, so we started doing this. It goes to number one in iTunes. Last Sunday, we did the first live version of Behind Closed Doors, me and him. Gary, bitten by the showbiz. Oh, showbiz bugs got Gary in there. He's never done anything like that before. Packed house. Very good night for two hours. My wife, meanwhile, is drumming her fingers saying... Hello, on the beach we were going. Remember the retirement? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all my career has literally been 
being shot out of a cannon and that kind of outrageous mm. fortune. Yeah. So yes, uh, Good Time Charlie's Back is the second installment. And as you said, it is a kind of Springsteen-like affair that is, so it, can, it can go, <laughs> Bless it can you. go into the small hours. No, our Stop producers it. took his dad to see his dad's a big fan oh. and uh, he said to us, it was exactly used that description, Springsteen. It, well, thank you. Hour, but uh, he loved it. And a lot of people say Ken Dodd and of course it's intimidating and think, oh, what's that going to be like? But as we all know, you can go to a one-hour show that feels like three and a half. Mm. <laughs> this, I, 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 otherwise I wouldn't do it. I, uh, people can make up their minds about my uneven career but this is uh, uh, an extraordinary evening my, my old man my dad gets to be the star of it he always would uh, and my family and but along the way that that trajectory that takes me from working in a record shop of 14 when i left school 14 uh, to buckingham palace and new york mm. uh, from broadway to los angeles and whether it's the Sex Pistols or the Clash or the Jam or even Michael Jackson used to be a big section in it. I might have to prune that down a little bit these days. <laughs> uh, but all of this absurd showbiz stuff, as well as my own career, I suppose, only takes us up to 88, this one. I hope there's not a moment that doesn't earn its place. And the, at, at the interval, just to, if I might give you a flavour of it, mm. having left school at 14, at the interval, I show a photo of me as a teenager at my desk at the New Musical Express, the new NME, the biggest selling music paper in the world at the point. And I was just about to go on tour with rock bands all over the world. It's my first day there, and I end at the interval by saying, and when we go and have a beer, go and have a drink, get back here, because I'll tell you how two weeks after that photograph was taken, I was in New York with John Lennon. I'll see you in a minute. And that's, <laughs> good tease. I know, I know. Good tease. But, Very good tease. But equally, my old man is the star of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can, you the know. annual TV shows that you did around him too. Thank you. Yeah, they were yeah. based on the first books and... Uh, uh, Written by myself and Jeff Pope. Uh, yeah, yes, so it, yes, as they say about the Grateful Dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah. But possibly the last 42 years have been husbanding this stuff, but it's it's got no message to deliver. There's no kind of <laughs> lessons I've learnt. It is just hells are popping raucous from beginning to end. And I never plan on doing it, but it's a and, lot of And fun. some of your career spent in the company of our mutual friend, uh, uh, Danny Kelly. Danny Kelly. Can yeah. I, I, I tell, uh, Danny Kelly and I met in 1992, not mm. till then, because he, oh, okay. Danny, as you know, worked on the railway till he was 28 mm, Victoria yeah. Station Complaints Department which is why de <laughs> dealing with listeners here is absolutely yeah. no problem at all exactly. but then uh, uh, you can look at the bottom half of the internet and just think rubbish <laughs> better than that over the late train to Gillingham uh, actually I didn't do his voice then as you know Daddy Kelly actually speaks like this so uh, Dan I'm sorry but you know I love to do that uh, but he and I uh, equally plan on doing shows one day it's got Good. hijacked a bit by me and Gary doing it because they're of a different stripe but Danny I'm um, if I might, uh, uh, Danny, uh, I, I was doing a thing once about how my mum didn't know I was going to be a boy until the day I was born, 1957, you didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got to be, uh, she was going to call me Susan. She said you were Susan all the way, you were Susan, until the nurse said, it's a boy. And I said, oh, anyway, that, your father had a good friend who was a bookmaker called Danny Marnie, and my name's Danny, not even Daniel, I've got no middle name, my name's Danny Baker, because my dad named me after his bookmaker. But I was supposed to be Susan, so I was doing it on the radio. And I said, uh, I mean, I don't know if you gentlemen know, did you, your parents have an alternate name? Yeah, I know what mine is. What? Yeah, 61, I was in Barbara. Were you? I was Babs. I was nearly beautiful Babs. Were you? But, uh, <laughs> no, no, you I don't know. No, no, no. Well, Danny <laughs> Kelly told me that because we were on the air and <laughs> listeners were saying Barbara. Barbara understands this. Uh, uh, listeners called in and were giving us their uh, yeah. alternate gender names. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I said, come on, Dan, what's your... Uh, Danny, I don't have one. I said, <laughs> you're not even... Cu no, as far as I know, I, no, I haven't. I said, you've never... No, I haven't. What's surprising about that? I said, well, give yourself one. What would you like to be called as, uh, as if you were a woman? 
And he answered a little bit too quickly for my life. Really? I said, what would you like to be called uh, uh, if you were a woman? <clears throat> Honestly? I said, yes. He said, Cherry. <laughs> Cherry. <laughs> Cherry. So I, I, the, I'm going to see him differently the, now. The yeah, last I, thing I, I want your listeners to do is whenever you talk to Danny, say, good evening, Cherry. I would hate that if that took over now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. Danny's alternate name was Cherry. Oh, good. I, I have to say that you and him were great together. Let's say it was. A particular show. I think it was on the time when we were still talk radio and we were turning to talk sport. Yeah. And you did a Saturday evening show, yes, you and did. him, and you slaughtered David Mellett with one of the best... <laughs> Shows I've that ever sounds, heard. That sounds like going for the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> it sounds like something we do. We used to do a show there uh, uh, when it was talk uh, in the mornings. And when, um, oh, was it, whoever took over, you know, when a new boss takes over, mm -hmm. it's at their big old broom. And my contract was pretty good. And so what he thought he'd do, he said, right, instead of you doing the lunchtime, I want to move you to, uh, we had to do from 7 till 11, a four-hour show. Now, mm. I know that's not unusual, now, but then that fourth hour is, you know, so we, mm. we rubbed our hands together, me and Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, and I want you to come back after the football. Now, we used to do a four-hour show, pretty pretty solid, at least, go over to the Nelly Dean pub in Dean Street, mm. refresh ourselves, and come back in the evening. <laughs> so I'd like to say I could place that uh, no. particular story, but them's were the another one that really sticks out in my mind was when you were at the BBC Chelsea had played Leicester Erlen Jonsson oh, had gone yeah. that show got you into a bit of trouble it yeah it got me fired brilliant show Fine. I remember listening and I'm a Chelsea fan but here's I remember listening to you on the uh, way here's the thing uh, I, when I did 606 uh, I started 606 and then uh, and I was never been a shock jock but I know there's a world of difference between football and football supporting mm. now I wouldn't claim to know that's why I think me and Gary work well because I can tell some story about Stockport on a Wednesday night and he'll say I was playing at the burn bell uh, <laughs> no, but she's fine it's mm. the way it works and uh I knew that football supporting was the thing. And above all of that, the fella who used to answer the phones and be the producer of the show knew nothing about football at all. But he knew plenty about radio. And mm. that's all that matters. As you know, that's what matters. Uh, there was never any meetings, but he knew what a good call was. So mm. somebody wanted to ring in and, let's say, talk about VAR, maybe. But somebody will say, hello, I think I saw a ghost at Tranmere once. You're on. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's radio. That's football radio. And they changed him. They got rid of him. Yeah. And they put one of their own on it who started sending through these contentious calls. Every call that was pro Man United was again. I don't talk. I don't know anything about Man United. You know. So, but <laughs> anyway, uh, that night at Chelsea, I just thought that the corporate side was sticking up for uh, Leicester. Travelled there, all their supporters had. And legend oh, has were, it that I gave dumb. out the referee's address on the. I did. <laughs> but I said in these days yeah. when they're so oh, yeah, the just turning, then the I said in the, in these days when you're worried about you know paranoia about football supporters mm. is all over the place. You can't get into the ground anything more than a. Uh, stronger than a tube of stimmeral chewing gum in your pocket. This is a law and order thing. Making decisions like this is a law and order thing. And if this referee found himself assaulted, he better, you know, this sort of thing needs more than... And it was kind of a call for VAR, which is uh, absurd. That, absurd <laughs> given that. But anyway, they came in, you can't say that. And I remember ringing me up next morning saying, Dan, Dan. We, we got front pages and back pages, wow. though, though mm. not just on that, on mm. loads of times. Uh, and but they just said you've done some good firing shows didn't you do a brilliant one when you left Radio I, London uh, should we left my, in, in reverse of my top ten times about being fired from radio uh, yeah uh, they, Alan Freeman again they, they, uh, that was a show I did here in London it was very popular and you mm. know it's held up as the reason to keep local radio going and all of that uh, 
And uh, as soon as that was settled and local radio was saved, they thought, aye, aye, too independent, because it was just a funny show. But as we know, especially local radio, unless they're talking about devil dogs and gang warfare, they feel they're not, you know, being serious enough. And I don't do serious radio. So I heard they were going to get rid of us, so I thought, I'll be the judge of that, and did a Viking funeral for <laughs> three hours on the air. <laughs> when I walked, walked out of the studio, it was like in, um, uh, what's that, the Dead Poet Society. <laughs> Everyone who's ever wanted to do that was in the corridor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stars in their eyes. I, I know. Yeah. I got outside the building and thought, now what? <laughs> <laughs> so we can catch you on tour, Danny. Uh, yes, you, it's, you it's are, hell of a uh, night. You are from uh, York, Newcastle, Nottingham, uh, Hackney Empire, lovely. Uh, and Scotland this time. Yeah, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Aberdeen, and then uh, working your way back it's, down. It, it's, it's, a, it's a long night, but it's always different, but it's it's not a long night. In the, it's, it's a, uh, I've got to say, there's lots of my career you can point to, and I insist we call it uneven. <laughs> this ain't one of them. This is a very good night. <laughs> well, uh, you can catch Danny Baker, Danny Baker on tour, dannybakerlive.com, uh, all the details for all the tickets and uh, Cherry is back on Friday at 7 o'clock with Laura Woods and uh, Luke Moore we'll find out what Laura's name would have been if she was a boy yeah. she's got brothers I imagine. yeah they're probably cheers Danny thank, thank you, you very much the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Uh, we're going to look ahead to not Manchester United against Barcelona tonight, but mm. uh, the game between Ajax and Juve now, because uh, the word uh, coming out of Turin is they're a bit nervous. Yeah, uh, do well, you, do you wish the with the Champions League they did what the Europa League do and have one game at sort of six and one at eight? And then you can watch both games. It's really frustrating that you, you end up watching only one game. And like tonight, obviously, we're going to watch United against Barca, but I'd love to watch this game. Yeah, well, somebody I imagine will uh, focus on that one is our Dutch football mm, expert, Marcel van der Kroen. Good afternoon, Marcel. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Good, thank you. So, how's the mood in, in Amsterdam then? Are, are people feeling confident about this after what they did to Real Madrid in the last uh, round? A little bit too confident, Ooh. in my opinion. Um, <laughs> the Ajax fans, you know, have got the flavour of beating Real Madrid. Uh, you know, 
um, earlier in the season they dealt with by Munich Ajax and now they think oh well Juve is coming Ronaldo's coming to the park and uh, to the party and let's deal with this one too and that's usually the danger of Dutch football you know if we get too carried away Especially, I mean, you saw in the last round, I mean, they, what, they were 2-0 down going into the home leg, and I think Ajax are going to have the same problem. This isn't PSG, who are a bit flaky and not really a team. This is a, a pretty decent Juve team with Ronaldo added. It's, it's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be a really, you know, cracking game, I think. Ajax will play their own style. They can only play one way. Attack, attack, and attack all the time. Like the way Johan Cruyff always wanted Ajax to play, and Fortunately, they've kept that going, that DNA in the club for many years. And if you look at the Juve side, um, they are physically far too strong for these mm. young Ajax kids. There's only one you know, optimistic <clears throat> thing for us, mm. is that Giorgio Chiellini, the big butcher at the back, is not there. <laughs> He's definitely out of the game, and that's the one everybody feared. And well, the, the fans seem to kind of accept that Ronaldo is turning up, but I think they're, they're more relieved that there's not... A, a, a guy with a, with a huge hatchet uh, sorting all these Ajax uh, attackers out. I tell you, he impressed me in the last round, and uh, he, he didn't have a great time over here, but he's certainly improved, and he's a terrific player. Memphis, he's really come on a ton, hasn't he, since he's gone back? Um, M- Memphis, since he's gone to uh, Olympic Lyon, has. Uh, oh, um, uh, idiot I am. Yeah, I was going to say. What am I talking about Ajax? He Sorry. Doesn't, but he doesn't play for Ajax. Yeah, I've gone mad. I've gone mad. Oh, no. Sorry. That was me. <laughs> that, was a good, that was a bit. Uh, I think no, no. Mr. Brazil is uh, looking <laughs> yeah, back uh, no, rather than you forward. You can stick that one in uh, clips of the week. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, uh, well, I mean, uh, Tadic was the. Uh, was, uh, oh, I meant Tadic. Is that what you meant? I didn't. He meant Memphis. Of course, he meant Tadic. No, I didn't. done brilliant. I thought you were going to say since no, he went back. But he is Dutch and he, and he has improved. But that's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not defending the fact that I got this yeah. completely wrong. Anybody else we yeah. want to talk about who's improved but doesn't necessarily play tonight in the game? Yes. So, Tadic, of course, is Serbian. He's not Dutch, yeah. but yes, he's come yes, back to Holland. Yeah. <laughs> he's Dutch. It's great. Yeah, when you're in a hole, stop digging, Andy. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Apparently, Real Madrid are house hunting for Eden Hazard. Yeah, I've seen that. What are they, they going to find him? <laughs> they got something nice. He won't be staying in the sort of travelodge near the Bernabeu. No. <laughs> and you can quote from Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Higuain. They're pretty similar to the thing Sari said. I think this is a done... Well done deal. Yeah. They all know about but, it. But you know, fair enough. The bargaining position, as you said before, when a player only I wants think it's already done. But what you think it's done? All of it. It's, it's all been done. agreed. Yeah, they've done yeah. the money. They've worked out so. the fee. Yeah. And the fact that Marker is starting to talk about figures yeah. would suggest that it's probably nearer the eighty million pound yeah, mark than the hundred. It'll be nearer that because yeah. they'll know, won't they? Yeah, yeah. So it's a bargain for Madrid, really, yeah. in a sense. In some ways, it's good because if he keeps playing the mm. way he's playing and you get the best out of him to the end of the season, he gets you oh, into the Champions exactly League. What, I was thinking, what, a, yeah. what a good buy that is. You know, yeah. he's clearly up for it at the moment. You can see oh, that. Oh, yeah. So, no, uh, no question you know, about it. He should go. I mean, what's is he getting grief? I know you go on the Chelsea mm. sort of forums and stuff. Is he getting a lot of grief? No, from people? I told you. No, I don't think he people is. People are being all right. People are fine about it. They ex- they accept it and they understand it. Seven years, you know. Uh, yeah. You've had the almost the prime of this player. Sure. So, you know. yeah. uh, I'm sure Le- they'd be delighted to hear that. <laughs> Real Madrid. Real Madrid. <laughs> well, he's in his we've prime. We've had the prime. We've had him from young to his prime. He's yeah. now in his prime. Yeah. But, you know, we've had a, you know, he's won two league titles. He, he's done pretty well. So I'm, mm. I'm not. Uh, complaining. Dua Lipton and Dua Lipton. Dua Lipa, the singer. Dua Lipa Lipa. <laughs> I, honestly. You all right today, Andy? No. 
Honestly, do have think... Have a biscuit. Have a biscuit. I'll come round and see you Wednesday. I know you brought some biscuits I think biscuits I should in. go part-time. Really? Well, why? Suddenly, what an announcement. <laughs> I thought you already had. About five years ago. <laughs> it's hopeless, isn't it? <clears throat> oh, dear. I'll swear. It's because I'll we spoke to Martin one. Lipton earlier on. No, no, I was going to say that. Dua Lipton is, is complaining that people would get a name wrong. I thought it was Dua Lipton, so oh, I just okay, messed right. it up completely. So it, was, it was on purpose. <laughs> it was on purposely ruined. Okay. Uh, the Duke of York, though. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's gone somewhere. Where's he gone? Let's have a look. He has gone to... Oh, Where's he gone? Somewhere I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, look, just oh, he's gone to China. Take a deep. Has he gone to China? <laughs> he's gone to I wasn't China. expecting that. I wasn't going to yeah, say no, that. He's gone to China. He was accompanied yeah. by Mrs. Amanda Thursk. Blimey, does the wife know? No, he couldn't wait to get away from her. Yes, he was racing from Thursk. <laughs> Thank you. Now that's good. He's I'll back. Like he's back. He's back. It's like he's never been away. <laughs> that's good. Why is he going? All, why is he going to China with another woman? Surely this is front page news. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't understand <clears> it myself. Yeah. Talking of front page, the uh, the Daily Star they do like a a shark story yeah. and uh, they've got 40 stone monster shark caught off Cornwall oh yeah and uh, they like to make it seem like more fearsome than it is more frightening for people who might be thinking yeah. of going to Cornwall for their holidays and it says the poor beagle uh, comma a relation of the great white yeah. no really it's a shark <laughs> what would you expect it's a second cousin <laughs> they don't see each other much through marriage I think and uh, do you remember I was going bang on about Theresa May's coat you know, I was saying... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah I was Which saying, one? The blue coat. I said, I'm sick of seeing that blue coat. The two things I'm sick She'd of... She'd make a terrible blue coat, Theresa May. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. She'd be Come absolutely... on, kids. <laughs> kids sitting there crying. She'd be awful. She'd be a terrible blue coat, wouldn't she? And, and that and Michael Goes Running Kit. Yeah. But uh, anyway, in the Times today, Harriet Walker, we've had on this show, the fashion... She, the headline, is she ever going to take that blue coat off? Yeah. And Harriet's monitored it. You're ahead of the game. I am. Sometimes. <laughs> Not today, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I've counted her wearing it no fewer than 20 times. Yeah. So I agree with it. It's, it's like a symbol of failure. I'd get it off if I was you, really. really a bit like the England band. <laughs> well, I feel it yeah. is. That's all it needs now, isn't it? When she walks down... Um, Downing Street after coming after another fruitless trip to Brussels. You got the band going. Oh, God. That wouldn't be good, would it? Um, uh, it's part 53 in our occasional series. I bet he's fun to have a pint with. Oh, yeah, who? It's retired, step forward, retired electrician Stephen Hodgson, 60. He's been collecting free pens from hotels, banks, and firms for 20 years <laughs> and now has over 4,000 of them. So uh, there They're you all are. You pens, popped pens. into a little uh, town somewhere and you think, I'll go and have a pint. And uh, wife said, like, I might go and do some shopping. So uh, you sit there having a pint, you're reading the local paper. Uh, and then bloke sidles over and he says, Hi, Stephen. Uh, and I, I'm Paul, yeah, and no, I'm Barbara, some people call me in the fraternity. Nice to meet you. And uh, he'll say, Do you know I've collected uh, over 4,000 pens from mm. hotels, banks, and firms? Um, and then he talks you through them. This one, he says, I've got one of this is the Marriott just outside Shrewsbury. <laughs> and look at that. It's quite, it's run out there. Yeah. And be, I've never drunk, a, you go back, well, I said, well, I've well, got indigestion. I've never drunk a pint so quickly. Yeah. Fantastic. I had to get out. This bloke came, he's, he's got 4,000 4, pens from hotels. So the, yeah, but he's fun to have a pint with. He certainly does sound yeah. it. I can't wait to discuss yeah. Dutch football with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably the sort of bloke who say to you, yeah, this, um, the, the, Memphis actually doesn't play for Ajax. <laughs> the first thing he says. Yeah. Now, do you want a quick T20 birthday spread? I've got to try and guess the age of Okay, person, I've got to get yeah? this all right, because I've got to mess it up completely. Honestly, I don't know what's happened to me this week. Here we go. Whatever. Go on, okay, this, here we go. Uh, I think you will be 
Mm, this one's quite tricky, actually, yeah, yeah. unless you know him. I think this could be a tenner. This could be ten out, even on a single. Ten out, OK, then I've got to guess okay. the age. I've got to be within ten. Play along at home, folks, okay. see if you can guess this person's it's age. A very happy birthday to the editor and publisher of The Times Literary Supplement. He must be in this building. Yeah. Stig Abel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's formed a Bible study group with Harry Kane. Has he really? Yeah, apparently. Nice. <laughs> um... Uh, he Stig is, Abel. Yeah, he's probably... You get a, it wrong, he'll be up here. Uh, he could come and find you. I think he's in his 40s, isn't he? About 46? Oh, well done. I, I wouldn't have known. He's 39. Oh, yeah. You're sorry, Stig, if you're listening. Uh, I've, I've only seen pictures from a distance. Very small. If you're listening, get back to work. Yeah, if you're listening, well, you've got nothing better to do. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, uh, if you like comedy and you like a drink, you've come to the right place because the Thinking <laughs> Drinkers uh, pub crawl uh, is uh, coming to a place near you, hopefully, and uh, it includes five free drinks. Wow. That's very good, isn't that's it? A, that's an offer. Uh, Tom Sandham and Ben McFarlane, the Thinking Drinkers, are here. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, just go to the bar and get yourself a pint. Uh, the drinks, they're specific drinks that tie into the show you do, aren't they? They are, yes. We're drinks experts and we've selected them very carefully to mm. fit into the narrative of our, uh, <laughs> our theatrical <laughs> performance. So uh, while we tend to get a lot of people coming through the doors because they hear about the free drinks, um, we have tried to tailor a show that's quite entertaining and funny and educational with it and the drinks are, are things that we think are a bit more discovery so people haven't tried them before yeah. and uh, and they're going to learn something a bit interesting about them as they go so ben what's the kind of premise of the show then is it, is it a kind of history of, of drink well it is uh, it's also it's we're on a kind of two-man selfless mission to breathe life back into the beleaguered british boozer we're here to say the pub the whole show is about the history of the pub and as has been well documented pubs are having a bit of a difficult time at the moment they're closing very regularly yeah. and we want to champion them we want to say how great they are so we go on a sort of bar hop through history from the ancient Greek symposiums centuries ago to Wild West saloons to gym palaces to beach bars and with at each pub everyone yeah like we said gets a, gets a free drink we talk about the drink we do a tastings but then we tell people about how we should all be going to the pub enjoying a drink guilt free and uh and, and using our locals really, yeah, yeah, because people aren't drinking less. So why why are people not going to? Well, pubs actually, as we're, much? we're drinking less than we are as, as humans in history mm. right now. But we're drinking better. One of our big catchphrases in the show has been for the last ten years: "Drink less, drink better." And people are actually starting to spend a bit more money on things like craft beers or crafty gins, um, and drink them in a in a bit more of a responsible uh, fashion. So we are seeing that. But the problem is. They're drinking a lot at home, and um, they reckon around 19 pubs are, are closing every week. Yeah. Um, and uh, as we say in the show, the, our locals are on a, a life support machine a bit. You know, Some of these pubs close because they're not being run particularly well, but some of them are closing because people aren't going out as much, and they're living their lives through screens and social media and think they're connecting like that. And obviously the pub is one of the great bastions of being able to get together as a, hmm. a community. And does um, that mean that the kind of independent pubs, the, the ones that often are quite characterful pubs, are we getting a sort of blander pub at experience simply because it's kind of big conglomerates keeping the ones open or, or not is that unfair um well i think i think a lot of uh, I, mm. a lot of it has to do with location mm. i think country pubs are having a particularly difficult time because um the drink driving was quite rightly have been tightened up yeah um the smoking ban uh, obviously didn't help but again people are big proponents of that um and i suppose it's the pubs that don't really adapt uh that they're probably finding life a little bit difficult um but i mean it's most of the pubs that are closing like tom said may not be running particularly well yeah um and there's there are chain pubs there's like anything but mm. if you 
if you if there's always a decent local nearby if you can if you if and you can football find in it. pubs is pretty popular. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, I was we were talking on the way in here because my dad's a, a Brentford fan, so he tried to make me a Brentford fan. Up um, on every corner. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's that's what not for much longer. This is yeah. incredible ground. I remember <clears throat> going there as a kid and just thinking, this is remarkable. Um, but when you think about any any football club, it's it's usually got a pub that the home fans go to and the away fans go to. And as a Watford fan, we were always drinking opposite in the Red Lion when I was mm. younger. And uh, and I think that is an important part of football. I think it's it's somewhere people go pre-match and after-match to talk about it. Um, and once you've had a pint, you're a bit more comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Your problems, <laughs> depending on who you support, they could be serious problems you've got. Um, so that, that pub culture is a massive part of, of football culture. You've got one right next to the, uh, the, the, uh, the kind of main entrance at QPR as well. There's a few pubs around there. Yes, there? yes. Mm. Uh, the Springbok. <laughs> yeah, of course. Called the Springbok, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's, uh, it's minimalist. I'll yeah. give you that. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Terry Alderton has that great routine, doesn't he, where he talks about they're never drinking a, fr- a flat roof pub. It's just yeah, no, it's, a flat it's, roof it's, pub it's, on the estate, unless you know people there. Yeah, there's you, another one not far away that's got a Rottweiler on the roof, and that's always yeah. a, like, that's a bit of a giveaway, I think. Don't order a baby shaman there. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, no, and I, I, I drank in there as well. But I think as well, we saw during the World Cup, with the way that England were playing, just that really was a really big bonus for, for boozers during the summer everyone was going to watch the games in the pub and they mm. are brilliant places to watch football and I um, every every game I was I was down the pub and they, yeah. you, I think people realised that while it's good to have all the surround sound and everything at home and, and all the home comforts going down the pub and watching a, watching a game there's, there's, there's nothing better you're not a fan though are you you well, don't enjoy <clears> the <throat> only partly because of the job yeah, because uh, you know I need you to want to concentrate. Want to concentrate. Make sure you know who's playing for who. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Make my notes and all that. So yeah. So and and I, I like to concentrate. I don't like other people's views. Uh, <laughs> that's the truth. Well, that's he's fair enough. That's the truth of it. He's a real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. mind if they're if they're knowledgeable, yeah. but you know, often they're not, yeah. and that just drives me potty. Now, uh, our place, of course, they've got a brewery in house. We've had Beaver Town, a kind of uh, an independent brewery, um, and we've got their own. A brewery in in the club, which maybe that's the kind of shape of things to come. Maybe we'll see more of that. I mean, there is a type because it's a Tottenham company. So. Yeah, they're based in Tottenham, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, I I I'm always despair at the quality of of beer at, at football yeah. stands in general. And I think with so many local breweries popping up and them being part of the community and a football club, ideally should be part of the community yeah, as well. Right. I don't know why they don't team up. I mean, obviously, there's profit and margins and all that kind of stuff there's financial reasons for it but because it's not um, like that in American sport is it you know if you no, go and watch American beers. sport you get they, they've got all the local they have the local stuff they have a lot of good craft beers and stouts and they yeah, really and do it and also you can sit and watch the game with a beer yeah, well, which that, helps that was, yeah. I was at Wembley uh, this weekend watching Watford and um, and they, they wouldn't let us take a, a beer to the seat no, no. in fact they made us take it out from the bar put it from glass into plastic just mm. to carry it into the walkway and then when we got to to get to the seats... It's really user-friendly, isn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah. also, you, had, you just had blokes all standing around the place necking pints before they got to their seat. Yeah. So it didn't actually solve any problems. No, I, still I totally it. agree. You, yeah, think, yeah. you can have probably a bit more of a balanced view on how people drink. Trusting, trusting people. If they're in the corporate seats, uh, there seem to be less of a risk. So I think they get cut some slack, mm. but not within sight of the ground. Of course, mm. that's still the big thing in football, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's a shame because I think, I mean, you can get, you can get three, three, four percent beers that yeah you know, are not very strong. People are not going if they're mm. if they're sat there nursing nursing a pint over over an hour. I don't know if it's going to add 
too much trouble. But then it's behaviour. That's one of the great things about cricket, isn't it? Yeah. This is the problem. Is every time I think, for goodness sake, treat us like adults, you get idiots running onto the pitch. Yeah, it's harder to do if you're carrying a couple of pints, though. That's just Weigh them down with alcohol. Maybe that's the system. Got to carry three pints. <laughs> you spin it in one of those kind of cardboard trays. You're not going to run on the pitch then, are you? Exactly. What a city! You're onto something. What do you feel there. about bottom filling? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> well, I didn't. Haven't been asked that for a while. The, um, the the bottom the bottoms up system, yeah, uh, of course, of filling exactly beer glasses, I mean, yeah. which has been wearing everybody. You know, I, I write about beer for a living, and I still haven't experienced one of these bottom fillers. Yeah. Uh, uh, live, so I'm quite intrigued. But I hear that yeah. there's a there's a little button on the bottom that yes, if you right. press it, just it out it's, the a it's just a magnet. Uh, really. And I, it's one of those things that I imagine is like, please do not touch this. But you, I would. Well, people are doing it, it again last yeah. night. This pulls a beer everywhere. People, are like, what does this do? Funny <laughs> enough, yeah. puts beer all over your legs. Yeah, it's great to watch. The first time they look up, the best ones are when they look under it and then touch it, and then it runs on their face. <laughs> it's amazing. No, I, I when I first saw it on on YouTube or something. Uh, I was like, that's amazing, that's proper wizardry. Yeah. Um, uh, and I wish QPR yeah. would have it, because, I mean, it just, when I go to QPR, they don't have enough staff. They, yeah, I mean, if, even if you want a pint of rubbish lager... Is that on the coaching you, team? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. There we are, that was this afternoon show. We return tomorrow from 1 with uh, David Bumble Lloyd and Dr. Carl from Neighbours, uh, which we're looking forward to. So uh, until then, have a great evening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.